Hello and welcome to season four of Vitamins for Breakfast. This season, I'm featuring an amazing set of women who boldly share their journey with career, self-love, spirituality, financial freedom, and so much more. This podcast believes in highlighting people during the marathon and not just at the finish line. So welcome to your source of fuel for your soul with Vitamins for Breakfast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vitamins for Breakfast. Today's guest is yet another amazing person that I had the pleasure of meeting during a background acting gig. Her smile radiated such an inviting energy and her blunt comments made me feel so comfortable around her. Pilar is heavily involved in the arts, doing things from theater to voice acting, and while it might seem like a dream, sometimes it's far from easy, and Pilar focuses a lot of her attention to making sure that people know it's not all rainbows and butterflies, but all at the same time, showing us that it's definitely worth it. Pilar, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So, like I said, I met you during a background gig. Um, it was for a TV show that they wanted people of like Muslim background, yeah. kind of. It was Ray like Donovan. Yes, Ray <laughs> Donovan. And I remember I spotted you, and at first was really in love with your hair. You have such long black hair, and I'm like, wow, her hair's really nice. And then your smile was like you were talking to people, but she seems so sweet. This is just me observing from like the background, like a creep. And well, I am doing background acting, so it's not that creepy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, she seems like such a dope person. We actually end up talking, and I get to know you, and you tell me a little bit about your life and your journey within the arts. And I'm like, this girl is amazing. And then for me personally, to see that you are a curvier woman, yeah. to me that's also very inspiring because sometimes I feel like, where do I fit in? Mm. So to see that you kind of are doing your own thing in your own way, you kind of found a way to fit in. Yeah. Um, and being a curvy woman, it's like, wow, I was so inspired by you, so I had to bring her on here. Thank you. So like I said, she was telling me so much about her involvement in the arts. Tell me a little bit about you in the arts growing up. Like, how were you as a child, like... That got you into now this profession where you do theater, voice acting, all these things. Well, um, I started out, my mom always took me to a play, a Broadway play that would like come on tour. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so once a year, like Phantom of the Opera would come or Lion King mm-hmm. and I would go. And I remember my first one was Phantom of the Opera. Oh my God. Yeah. And there was one point where the Phantom comes down and all the smoke's like, um, like around the stage and I gasped. And my mom was like, are you okay? Are you scared? Do we need to go? You know, yeah. like six. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to stay. Oh my and God. so from then on, I fell in love. Yeah. And I loved theater. I loved singing. I loved performing. Um, as as we, as we the current climate is changing, yeah. we're realizing how important it is. Representation matters. Yeah. And I never saw anyone, whether that's uh, body inclusion, whether mm-hmm. that's looking like me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my body, my skin color, my yeah. type, like yeah. nobody looked like me on TV. Yeah. Nobody looked like me in the arts. Yeah. Um, so I did chorus in high school and I just kind of like stood in the background. Um, but I never actively thought about pursuing this wow. because why, why pursue something where you don't even you, see yourself? Right. If there are wow. no jobs for someone like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you but, were always in love with it, right. but you just kind of retreated back like, oh, well, you know, it's not really for me. Right. That's so crazy. And I identified with that so much while you were saying it because um, I have, I also was so in love with theater. Everything mm-hmm. about it just like drew me in as a child. But as I became older, I felt like, well, I don't really fit into that. So I also retreated back and just kind of was like kind of dimmed that light within myself. 
So tell me a little bit about the process when that light finally like came out to the forefront because now you're so involved. Like when was that moment, that shift in your in your adolescent life where it kind of brought you to that point where you were now saying, "Hey, I'm I'm good enough to be a part of this." Well, um <clears throat> So it happened, I, I had a really hard time in college. I yeah. um, couldn't find out what I wanted to do, yeah. and I was, like, in and out of, like, four different colleges. Yeah, I just, really? like, couldn't find my Niche. drive. Yeah. yeah my yeah. focus. Yeah. My happiness. I was just, like, struggling with a lot mentally, spiritually. Mm. Um, and my mom said, why don't you just take one acting class? Uh, like, just, just take an acting class at the local community college, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you finish that one class, we can talk about, like, a deal. Like, trying to bribe me to go to school. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Because, um, I, you know, I was over 18. I dropped out of school. I yeah. was trying to find out what I wanted to do. And I said, okay, fine. Because she had, like, since I was a baby, she was like, you have to be an actor. You're an actor. You're an actor. <laughs> and I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> she saw it in you, though. Yeah. yeah. And so I took this, like, theater one class, which yeah. is, like, very, very basic acting techniques. And um, I fell in love. And I found my drive. And I started showing up for class, like, oh which God. I never did yeah. for the two years prior. Yeah. Um, I would like do my homework, I would do pen papers, and I just like slowly developed into this like super focused, super driven person. Essentially, that's what you were looking for the whole time. Mm -hmm. But you were, I don't know what your majors were, maybe they were a little bit more traditional, (laughs) and it wasn't really, um, you know, filling your soul, and you just couldn't figure that out. It's so, it's so awesome that you... Um, you had enough insight to pay attention to that though, because I feel like a lot of us feel that way, but we have like this, um, like this whip on us that is like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have something secure. Right. It's really our parents really are the voices yeah. of our parents, especially if you have immigrant parents or p- parents who will have had less than mm-hmm. they're like, oh no, you gotta, you gotta focus on something that's secure yeah. and you don't end up really following what you want. But I really feel like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work in the end because ultimately you still end up back where you started like me. I went to school and studied sociology, which I ended up doing nothing with it. And I don't want to do anything with it because I love the arts. Mm. So it's awesome that you had enough insight to kind of say something is wrong here and like dedicate the time to figure that out. And you did. And then you ended up realizing it's not that I hate college. I just hated the shit that I was studying. (coughs) Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. It was really my mom who was like, just just take one class. So awesome. And then I literally the arts saved my life. Like I... You know, went to school. I stopped hanging out with the bad people I was hanging out yeah. with. Um, you know, growing up in Atlanta, you get in some trouble. ATL. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They're not the best people around. Um, yeah. And I just got so focused on this idea of the this dream that started developing yeah. as I started taking these classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually you know, start auditioning to transfer because I was at the community college. Yeah. I set my goal on a college in Florida. I transferred. I had a scholarship. Like, I just became this different person through the arts. Um, And I kind of wish I had found that prior. Yes. um, You know, to being in my early 20s. But, you know, everybody's journey happens differently. Absolutely. At least it happened. Like, it's worse if you were 90 on your deathbed and you didn't do it. Like, (laughs) at least... Exactly. (laughs) When it's too late. At least you you did it before it was definitely too late. That's amazing. 
the what a transition really because like I said that insight definitely and your mom's assistant as, assistant as well also mm-hmm. helped you get there that's incredible so then what what happened because you told me a little bit about a story that you know your friend kind of egged you on to like come to an audition and that's like when you booked your first real yeah. thing like how did that happen for you yeah so um my friend was like just show up so the deal is I went to college yes. uh, for this musical theater scholarship. Yes. But again, I don't look like anyone. So right. I was never cast in my two years being there. I was yeah. never cast in a show right. because I looked different. Like right. I didn't fit a type. Mm-hmm. So I leave this school. I graduate with this you know, performing arts degree and I have no experience on my resume. Got you. Which is so upsetting yeah. um, because... They couldn't. Where where do you place a brown person in a black and white world? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Truth, truth. Oh, that hit me. That hit me. That hit me hard. <laughs> you know? Yes, that's a struggle. That's a, yeah. it's such a real struggle that we deal with, and it's not just in the arts. It happens to all of us, where we're just trying to fit in with our hair, with our right. clothes, right. and the arts, and everything. We're just in music. We're just like trying to find. And music, I definitely feel like, has become super diverse now, mm-hmm. where it's like you can find a niche there. But the arts, I definitely have. I'm not gonna lie. I realize that it's like probably the one that's like most behind right now in in reference to um representing women of all kinds and just people in general i'm like i I don't turn on the television and see enough programs where i see people who look like me exactly and that's a problem that's a problem because the little girl like me and you Mm -hmm. growing up says where do i fit in this world yeah and if there was someone like me mm-hmm. with a bigger body type. Yeah. She was crying about a man. Right. She was crying because the man doesn't notice her. Oh. She was eating. She was sad. It was like this sad, curvy plus size character. It's like the story they put behind her. Yeah. It's like not even a positive one. Right, because she doesn't fit into this European idea of yes. beauty. Yes. So in my community, mm-hmm. I got curves yeah. and everybody's like, hey, what's up? What's up, yeah, girl? You yeah, know? But yeah. this like idea of white Hollywood. Yes. They don't understand that someone like that could be valued. Wow. And there's like this devalue of this and whitewashing of this whole culture yes. and body type and yes. identity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you definitely made that known by saying that that when they even do represent them, it's with a negative connotation mm-hmm. behind their character role. That is that really hit me like so hard and that, that really does hurt. So you were kinda saying that when it came time to audition, <laughs> unfortunately you didn't have a strong resume because they couldn't place you anywhere. Yeah. So then what happened? Like what what got you to land that role despite that? So I I actually auditioned for a program in Germany. Yeah. I just went with my friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been, I guess, pursuing singing professionally for about like four months. Mm-hmm. And it's this uh, musical theater program in Germany. You tour around Germany yeah. performing. Yeah. And I got in. Yeah. And I got in with a scholarship. Oh, my God. And um, the director was like, where have you been? Who are you? Like, what? And I was like, I'm just me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds like such an amazing story. I really wish someone would do a movie on your story. Oh, like from the no, I'm so serious. I would love to watch that from the because I identify with you. I'm one of those mm-hmm. people who identifies with your story of growing up, kind of feeling like you don't fit in in the arts, kind of retreating back, and then it's like when it's like you finally get noticed. The person's reaction is like, "Where have you been?" And I'm like, "Yo, I've been saying the same thing. I've right. been here the whole time, but nobody wants to see me." And granted, you're not saying that directly, but this is how you're feeling inside, and that's how a lot of us feel. I don't feel like it's right. like it's it's just like 
like you and I. I can imagine there's a bunch of women and just anyone in general, boys too, who just don't feel like they see themselves on TV. Because another thing I realized the other day, I'm like, I don't feel like we have a representation for Kirby brown men either, mm-hmm. black and brown, like at all, that we don't see them either. Like I can imagine being like a, a man who is overweight and you're also a minority and you don't see yourself anywhere. Right. It's like, I feel I feel bad for them too. Like nobody's talking about them right. either. It's this Adonis body type. Yeah. Thing. And even if you're brown or black and represented, there's this model body. It's like, yeah. cool, we're still we're gonna be quote unquote diverse yes but we're gonna have this model type mm-hmm. who's still a size two size mm-hmm. zero mm-hmm. and we're just gonna put a different color on exactly this yeah. we're only gonna bend a little bit right. we're a not gonna bit. break and like, we're still a model in the tv show yeah. <laughs> everyone has to look aesthetically nice mm-hmm. and it's like all right man fuck you like there's too many right. there's too many diff. It, it's like the world is beautiful because it's different right. and not everything is the same like you don't step outside and see the same trees the same bushes the same clouds everything is different so why would you not want that type of diversity diversity on tv it's just like or or film or whatever just to me it's like always fucks me up like why don't why don't you give people like us a chance um so you did that and you toured uh, um around europe for a little bit like how long did you do that i was in germany for a month and a half Oh my god, yeah, how was Germany? Amazing. Oh my god, because my mind, I'm thinking like, oh my god, will they accept us there? <laughs> well, certain parts of Germany, um, you know, it's like America. Yeah, don't go super, to Texas. Yeah, yeah. it's like super... <laughs> yeah, I'm from the South, so I get that, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm um, talking about. Yeah, so yeah. certain parts are super racist, but in like Hamburg, which is like where they're version of Broadway Germany is like everybody's like super progressive and um you know just loves and um because there's a lack of brown and black people in Germany um everybody has this hunger and this thirst to like know about your culture know about your identity yeah it's um that's that's different like I would love to visit but I just feel like oh and it's so funny because somebody told me the other day that German men are actually really obsessed with us obsessed I was like bitch what Uh, I'm like really I'm like I need to go there because I need to be where they're obsessed with me they are obsessed with like color really? and like because everybody looks the same Got so it. like the people who come with curves who come with brown skin yeah. who come with curly hair yeah. they're like who are you I'm trying to make you white <laughs> I'm like oh shit oh my god so you did that you toured and you like you told me you also like went to other cities like you took a train and you saw like all of a lot of Europe yeah I went to Venice oh my god I went to Rome Ooh, by myself and what was your like, favorite what was your favorite place in Europe Ooh, I would have to say Hamburg, Germany. Really? That's yeah. the one you said because it's so diverse. It's so diverse. Yeah. People are so smart. It's really? um, the food. I mean, you eat this like organic, pure food and your body mm. just like feels, feels like rejuvenated. Wow. I mean, you can, um, in Kieferspelden where we would train, it's, it's like a tiny town yeah. um, in Germany. We, uh, like in the mountains, the, the water is so clean. We would literally fill up our water bottles in the springs and just drink it. Oh my God. It was so clean. <laughs> oh my God. It's like the spring like water big, that yeah. they technically go here and get in America. Right. It's like, it's like a fairy tale. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, how long did you do that for? Um, we were in Kieferspelden for, I think, a month. Yeah. And then we went to Hamburg to perform. Yeah. 
And how was that experience your first time at just hitting the stage and finally like letting that little girl that's been there for the uh, longest out tell me how that felt like so I can live through you right now? <laughs> it was great. I, I mean, bet. I was just um, living my truth. Oh my you God. know, I just felt so centered and felt like this is where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a year and a half before that, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, my mom, my mom always jokes, but it's a serious joke. When I graduated high school, she was like, "I did not think you were gonna graduate. I thought you were gonna end up dead or in jail. Like, that's how bad of a kid I was. How lost I was. Really? Um, yeah. So when I, I started performing and I, you know, singing on these stages in Germany, I was like, oh. This is what she knew the whole time I couldn't see. Oh my God. What I was capable of. How deep is that? Because I I feel like as I've been growing up also, and also going to therapy and doing a bunch of things, I've been realizing that we have this these children inside of us who know like really where our heart is mm-hmm. but we don't listen to them and granted because we have so many social pressures that don't allow us to because we have to pay a rent and we have to keep up with the status quo and everything like that you got to keep going on the hamster wheel but it's like the little kid inside of you is like desperate for it to, to come out and that's why I'm like that moment because I remember for me when I did theater the first time <coughs> and I felt that moment where I was like finally in front of everyone and I was like you said living my truth such a really good way of saying that because it's really what it is like who you are is finally out for the world to see and you just feel like you just got fuel like all this fuel came into your body and you're just like i'm alive like i literally you just feel like you were dead for all that time prior you like came alive it's just like so amazing so when you told me that story i'm like wow what an incredible story for someone like me or anyone who feels like man how how can this happen sometimes you don't have a set plan. Things just kind of happened. That was so unexpected for you. You didn't think that that was going to go that way, but it did. Especially for so long, not being able to kind of break into it and wondering what am I doing wrong. But I think it's really like the message is always like, keep at it though. Just keep chipping away at it until finally just things align for you and it's a perfect opportunity for you. So you came back to New York or you were, you, no, I was in Pensacola, Florida. Got it. So you went back to Florida. Yeah. What got you to New York? Like, what got me to New York? Um, well, clearly Broadway and all that, but like, <laughs> what got you here? Um, so after Pensacola, Florida, I moved to Orlando to mm-hmm. work for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like do regional theater, theater there. I worked at the parks. I worked at Disney World. Oh my god! Um, which was such a great experience. Because you really look like you would be a great like Disney character for Thank sure. You. It was fun. It I was bet. Really cool. And that probably really helped you on your um, improv a little bit because yeah. you're meeting people are having different reactions mm-hmm. to you, and you gotta like you know perform to their reactions. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then. I honestly it was my mom again my mom was like I kept coming up to New York for auditions and things like that and um, my mom was like okay you're spending more money traveling to New York than just like living in New York yeah she was like just cut the cord and you know like just move yeah Um, and so I considered it and then the stars aligned and my my show that I had been doing yeah. um, at Disney World actually got got cut yeah got, um, like canceled got closed yeah so I was like oh I think this is a good moment for me to like um, to try go. this and yeah. one of my friends said Pilar just leap and the net will appear and I was like oh I gotta go now <laughs> 
Oh my god, what a great um advice for someone to give you. Yeah. Especially when you're on the fence about something. Right. Because it's like especially it has so much support from the people around you too. So so beneficial for you. And I kinda wanna just touch base a little bit on family. Like you mm-hmm. keep mentioning your mom was such a supportive person. I just found out before we started recording that you were actually adopted. You mm-hmm. are, you know, a, a woman who is Latina. She was born in Paraguay and she was adopted yes. by two Caucasian people. Yeah, um, which is crazy because when you look at her, she doesn't seem like she that you know that's actually the case. I just thought she was straight up like ethnic of some sort, and that was that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I feel like uh, I noticed that you do connect with a lot of people who are minorities. I mm-hmm. do feel like a lot of your circles and your friends are minorities. Um, which I hate the term minorities, but I'm not even going to get into it because at this point I feel like we're the majority, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I noticed that you kind of just, you, you just seem like you fit in fine. Like there's nothing different. I didn't notice anything different about you until you told me that. I'm like, wow, she's adopted. How did that perspective, like, did that like influence you at all? Like feeling different and you know that is another thing to add on to you now that i realize it's like you were feeling different about your size and your you know ethnicity and then to add on that you know you're also adopted feeling a little bit alone and kind of you know where do i belong yeah so how did that influence you as well um well my mom was always uh my mom is white. She's from Iowa. So my mom is white. white. <laughs> <laughs> like 5'10", blonde. Really? Like, she's yeah. tall. Yeah. She's like very, very white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she read all these books about like adopting, um, adopting a kid of another race. And so she was like so, um, so hyper-focused on me maintaining my culture. God, so my, my God family is from Argentina. They only spoke oh. Spanish to me. My mom was like so... Every time I'd have a project at my school and they would be like, okay, you have to do a project on you know, Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. And my mom would be like, okay, well, my daughter is going to do a project on someone from her country, where she's from. So my mom was always like... Advocating for for you to know that. pushing for me to do, like, all the kids in my class would do something on the U.S. and I was the only one that had permission to do something about Paraguay. Um, oh, your mom was not playing. Oh, my mom don't play. My mom does not play. She said, fuck that shit. Yeah, she's like, she's doing this, she's doing this. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, uh, but but Georgia, growing up in Georgia, it's very black and white. So, yeah. um, of course, I gravitated to the kids that looked like me, right. which were my black friends. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not black. Yeah. So, and I don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So... At the end of the day, it would there would be these moments of like, where do I you know where do I fit in or someone you know like you're young you get into it with someone and someone checking me like want to be J Lo and I'm like wait what yeah (laughs) technically I am Hispanic yeah I don't speak you know like there were these moments where I'd be like oh yeah I'm I'm hanging with you but I'm not you yes and then the there were a couple Hispanic kids at my school. but they were Mexicans and they didn't speak English and they were like very involved in Mexican culture. So yeah. they're like, you're not Mexican, you're not Hispanic enough to hang out with us. That's so fucked up though. Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of minorities trying to protect their culture. Which, you know, I completely <laughs> understand that. Right. I de- I'm not trying to say that I don't understand that, but I feel like there's 
like like I said, I have a friend who's also adopted and she's Ecuadorian. Yeah. And if she wanted to know anything or be like included, if I had an event that's like Latinos and she wanted to come or she wants to be around it because she didn't ask for her circumstances. Right. You know, she yeah. just kind of fell into that circumstance. So I'm going to be here and say, oh, you're not worthy right. of learning something that maybe you just yeah. didn't get the access to. I think that's kind of just fucked up in a way because totally. you, like, you don't think that maybe she kind of wanted to have these things but her circumstance didn't allow her to and she right. got, you know she didn't have the best circumstance at, at that and you're still gonna like stomp on her more and say you know like that's that, that to me I don't understand like I would let anybody who got you know adopted and is from yeah. you know any anywhere that they they don't have that around them and I can give them access to that why the fuck not Oh, I totally agree. And you know um, what? That's another thing that I wanted to bring up with you in kind of in reference to the arts. And I realized that a lot of times on Instagram, you speak very vocally on the fact, the truths, you know, like it's not, it's not the glitz and glamour. Like you have to go through a lot. You get rejected. It's not like, you know, rainbows and butterflies. This is not an easy profession. And you only see people at the finish line and you don't see people during the marathon. Yeah. And that's why I'm just like, that's why I feel like you kind of advocate for that. Just kind of merging into what we were just talking about. Like you, you can't, you know, just make things one dimensional with people. There's, it's so many different factors. So tell me a little bit about that with you. I, I, I realized you really do care about advocating that for people, letting them know that it's like, the art is great, but it's not easy. Yeah, well, I just read something that Ava DuVernay posted yeah. that said, um, when actors act, ask her about how to get in the business, they're asking about agents and managers. Mm -hmm. She's like, have you ever taken a class? Mm -hmm. This is a craft, study it. And yeah. I, um, and I'm not on Ava DuVernay's level, bless yeah. her. Um, yeah. But I, I do have people at, at what level I'm on now asking about, you know, certain things. Yeah. And it's kind of, it falls on deaf ears. It's like, mm -hmm. cool, but I, I saw you on TV. How did you do this? Yes. I saw you on a show. How did you yes, do this? I'm yeah. like, well, I put X amount of money into training. Yeah. Too much money. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. a lot of money. You invested in into it. Yeah, yeah. It's an investment. It's mm -hmm. an investment in yourself. It's yeah. learning your craft. It's. Uh, being humble and realizing there's always a next level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I've had a lot of people who are around me, whether they're more advanced in their career or less advanced, yeah. that like, we can all get together. I have yeah. a really great, incredible circle of women who mm -hmm. we get together no matter what level, and we just kind of compare notes and compare you know, how to stay on track and how to not get thrown off by the bullshit of the industry. Yeah, because I, I noticed there's a lot of bullshit. As of lately, I've just been like, damn, is that even something that I want to get into? Because mm. it's just like you see that sometimes they play favorites, yeah. you know, with roles. Or sometimes, you know, they'll look at you like you, you got to do some sort of backflip. And I'm just like, you know, I feel like, especially when you're not union, I feel like there is a little bit of... Um, and I'm speaking mostly in what I'm aware of, which is just background acting. I just feel like there's a sense of like, you don't get that much respect. And it's like, granted, you know, you have to earn your respect with anything. But I just feel like, since it is like crabs in a barrel and we're all trying to get there, I feel like there's this just, the industry knows this and they kind of take advantage of the fact that people are hungry enough. Because I hear stories about people who do like commercials and they're non-union and they're still w waiting to get paid. Yeah. And it's like, how do you fight that? What do you do? And it's just like, that's that sense of they like kind of taking advantage of people in a way. So I do feel like the industry can be toxic at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like that's no reason for you not to at least try to see if it works for you or not. 
Um, but that's really that that really is something that I noticed with you that I'm like she's always posting something that really I feel like levels me out or like levels anyone out kind of you know just seeing your story you post so many different things about you just your day to day it's like a little vlog of like your day like yeah. did this and then now I'm gonna go do this and I gotta jump to this I'm tired but I gotta go do this right. and I'm just like yo so real like because I, I I want more of that I, and just in reference to what we were talking about like we don't see us represented we also just in general for the human human experience don't see people during you know the process like right. i said it's just the finish line that we celebrate but nobody sees people while they're going through it and i feel like that's why people when you know you do get to a point where you've reached like a, a high and people are like really celebrating you you're gonna have people who are celebrating you just because and there's people who know what you've been through and they're like yo she deserves this from the bottom of my heart like she was working hard for that yeah. and that's the type that's you like you said you build a tribe of people around you kind of um understand that and respect it and when it when you do get you know a win it's like they celebrate it with you but it's a different kind of celebration versus like people who are just trying to get a come up like hey girl you know i saw you right yes <laughs> you gotta have that tribe you gotta really build that group of people and i think yeah. it's important to remember that like who you are in this mm -hmm. business. I mean, I am a woman of color. Yeah. I am not a size two, mm -hmm. so I have to be 10 times better than the best in the room. Yeah. Which means if I get lazy, mm -hmm. I mean, I already have so many things working against me when I walk in the room. Yeah. I don't look like a model, yeah. I'm brown. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not willing to change who I am. Mm -hmm. So, I have to let my Thanks. acting. Yeah, I have to let my acting. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lose weight. Right. I'm not gonna do all of that. I mean, yeah, and I, I'll get. I'll. You know, I work out. I eat healthy. Yeah, but like I'm not gonna start my. Yeah, start mm. myself for a body type that's not naturally me. Yeah, I'm Hispanic. I'm gonna have curves. Yeah, like, sorry. I always got hips. Yes, like, ain't going nowhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just I. I have to know that if I'm, if I'm going in as a wild card for casting. Yeah. I. I, my shit has to be the tightest. I got so you. if I get lazy, yeah. there's so many other people that are working when I'm lazy mm. that don't have things going against them. Mm. So why would I be lazy before and give up before I've even reached wow. what my goal is? Right. So yeah, I'm like always tired, I'm always auditioning, I'm always grinding, I'm always trying to do stuff. Yeah. But the post might be Hey guys, I booked this show, but I want to be honest that before I booked this job, I had a thousand no's. Yeah. You know, and it's it's what what are the mental tools I can use that keep me going through mental no's? That yeah. realizing it's a business, it's not personal. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't fit that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. For that director. Yeah. Um, and like, how do I strive? To get the win. Yes. So. And that's so amazing. That kind of leads me to the next question that I had for you. Like, what advice would you give someone who is facing a lot of no's? Who is seeing a lot of rejection and they're getting to that point where they're just like, well, why continue? Like, what advice would you give someone who is kind of tired of the rejections? Well, I think... Um, and I'm not a sugarcoater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, keep it, yeah, keep I it give 100. Yeah. Um, if you have exhausted all your opportunities... Mm -hmm. Um, which means if you have taken all the classes, yeah. if you are 
still learning, if you're watching TV and you're studying, mm -hmm. if you're watching theater shows and you're studying. So if you have done everything you could possibly do, yeah. um, this is a business. So if you're putting more money into it than you're um, receiving back, yes. then I think it's time to step, take a step back mm -hmm. and really find out, like, it's nice to say we can all do this. It's, you know, um, follow your heart. Yeah. But it's a business at the yeah. end of the day. So if something's not working, is there another angle you can come mm. come to the table to? Um, mm. Like Tina Fey, uh, I love Tina Fey, I love Mindy Kaling, I love like producer writers that yeah. kind of took control of their career. That's mm. what, what I'm trying to do oh, now. Oh yeah, she definitely did. Yeah, because, it's a good example. Yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're women who didn't fit at the table. Yeah. So instead of trying to like get a chair and squeeze and fit in at the table, why don't I build my own fucking table and I'm the I'm the head of that table yeah. and then I get to choose who comes with me. Facts. So wow. after you've exhausted everything, mm -hmm. um, yeah, see if this is a business. I mean on every level it's exhausting. Yeah. So see if this is a business where there is another angle you can try. Mm -hmm. Um or maybe if it's not making you happy, you don't have to keep going. Like yeah. there's no there's no failure in the dream changing. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the rose-colored glasses. Like, yes. if you're, you start out as an actor, you can't be something else, or you can't pursue something else. Um, Which is so not true, because right. that's with any profession. We can, we're I always can, reinventing ourselves. It, uh, yeah, every day. It's like um, people who go to school and study law, and they're a lawyer, and they realize, I don't want to do this. I right. actually want to be an actor. Like, people, right. you hear stories about people who are doing something completely different, and then, I don't know where, are acting. Like, The Rock was a wrestler. Right. He was legit wrestling, although there's a lot of acting in wrestling. Right. But he, how did he just make a spin and is becoming like when he's like he's wanted for like films left and right? Yeah, because he has like every franchise. He has all the kids movies. He has the Jumanji franchise. Yes, um, Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he doesn't have a story that it's like you'd expect him. But we are always reinventing ourselves. So mm -hmm. it's it, that is really good advice. It's like if it's not maybe working for you in that angle try another angle and then if not maybe right. reinvent yourself sometimes you might have fun on the production side of it you right. know you don't know where you'll have fun you actually hey actually have fun you know working on this side behind the camera like yeah. you don't know you know i don't think you should give up on it altogether. but you definitely exhaust all your avenues until you're right. like all right this is just not working for me yeah that's really that's really good advice like when's the last time you took a class when's the last time you showed up at an audition yeah i don't care if you had to wait all day like yeah. that is the business mm -hmm. um how much hustle are you willing to put into the business and if the answer is not a lot mm -hmm. Okay, then try a different aspect of the business. Right. Maybe you can be a writer. Maybe you can, you know, like there, there's yeah. so many other avenues than being an actor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's even like with reality TV stars. Like sometimes they end up kind of becoming a TV show person. It's just like this, like Cardi B is like a big example for me always. She was yeah. all love and hip hop. And she became one of the highest paid female Grammy Award winning. And she, was, she went from a stripper mm -hmm. to love and hip hop to yeah. like Grammy winning. And it's like yeah. so crazy. Like I said, there's no 
story like that's just one story that if you do not follow it that way you're not going to get to the destination it's just different angles of how to take it because she really took on her stripping career and put that in her music and i feel right. like that's why everyone respected her differently but it's just like because she wasn't ashamed of who she was exactly she's, and what i love about cardi b is she's always been a woman's woman yeah. like and that's been really influential to me is yeah. like I don't care if you're a CEO mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a stripper I don't care who you are if you're a woman yeah. you're a woman of color I'm gonna root for you yeah absolutely. and I think she kind of like ripped off this like classist pretentious mm -hmm. um view we have mm -hmm. of women in other careers like yes. oh I can't celebrate her because she does this she does yes that. now if, if only you knew it's like now everyone's trying to strip yeah everyone's right. trying to strip it's like yeah, now, and now hustlers came out yes like a huge avenue, mm -hmm. like the whole classes and yep. thing. Yep. Yes. It's like it's like wow, y'all really <laughs> reinvented the story. She really honestly has to take like a lot of credit for that. She made stripping seem something like it's comfortable and yeah. it's actually safe. Like before back in the day, like stripping was actually a very dangerous profession. Mm -hmm. You could actually die doing that shit. Yeah. So it's like now it's like women are just like, hey, an extra dollar, I can make I can make enough to pay my rent in one day. So it's like people are like, hey, my will try I myself even considered it I said well you know but then I'm like I don't have the strength for that to be swinging on a pole I really don't it's a lot it's of, a lot of body yes thing. I don't have that I'm not set up for that <laughs> um before we wrap up it's really been a pleasure to have you I, I kind of want to ask you before I even ask you the, the three series question I noticed that you hang out a lot with dogs and I love dogs yeah do you also babysit and like get paid to do that as like a side gig you have I do that's yeah. so amazing I'm a house sitter yeah that is so amazing it's amazing it's so good for my mental health because I, I get to like play with cute little dogs oh my god yeah I always see it on her Instagram I'm like how she always see a new dog like <laughs> how she got that set up like yeah. every time she got a new dog I'm like that is so cute and they all really seem to gravitate towards you because they all are super like on you and like hey how yeah. are you your energy is so inviting like I said and dogs definitely can sense it because they are angels so they can they're definitely the yeah they're the best I'd rather a dog over a friend like a human friend sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up I wanted to ask you what are three things that you've noticed about yourself that is like came out of you that now you're different due to your involvement in the arts Ooh, three things. Um, three things. Uh, well, I think the biggest one overall is it saved my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I stopped stopped doing all the bad things I was doing. Yeah. Um, it made me super driven in the fact that I realized how important representation is. So mm -hmm. um, I have goals now. Um, I am writing a yeah. TV script right now. Mm -hmm. I have goals to produce. I have mm -hmm. goals to just invite more people, marginalized communities to the table. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it made me really want to learn the business side mm -hmm. so that I can, um, yeah, like flip the game on its head and have- I love that. Yeah, a, a lot of different people in the room who wouldn't have even been able to come up the elevator 10 years ago. Yes, you know, that's I'm, so amazing. Yeah, I want to have a production company. I want, you know, like, I, I even was talking about my set for my TV script that I'm writing, I was yeah. telling my mom, I was like, what's so cool, I had an older mentor tell me, you get to control your set. Yeah. So I was like, cool, so everybody who's gonna be on camera and behind the camera is gonna be a person of color. Yes. They're gonna be LGBTQ plus yes. community. They're yes. gonna be 
brown or black or mm -hmm. you know like it's just inviting creating work so other people can thrive and have jobs and that is so deep for me because in you saying behind the camera because i realized that like even though we're getting so much like access now in front of the camera i feel like not having a us behind the camera is also very important too because we're the ones essentially telling the story you know in, in the reference to how it's being recorded I feel like when you have stuff like when Jordan Peele was doing I feel like those movies really got people like get out really struck people because the things they were saying like the comments we identified with all the little comments here and there like when the lady came up and she said oh like is it really big like how you know they say about black guys like, uh, it was like, yeah. oh, struck us. like oh my god like they seeing people like that kind of influence you know how the work is being portrayed on right. screen is very very important so it's so dope that you are advocating for that and like, essentially you are creating jobs for us too it's amazing Please, please, please continue on this journey. I definitely feel like you have your head on right for it. I feel like you can really make it happen for the community. And honestly, you are such a gem. We're so lucky to have you on, on Earth, for real. Like, we Thank really you. do. The fact that you care this much about it, it's like you're not taking it like lightly. It's not like a joke. It's not like just something for um, clout. It's, it's legit, you know? Because you, you're writing a script. You really feel this to your core. You've been feeling this way for your entire life essentially so that's why i know it means a lot to you so we're so lucky to have you in this reality honestly i'm so fucking thank lucky you. we're all so fucking lucky i'm lucky that you came on thank you so I'm much so for honored. being here thank you for having me no problem thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in i hope you walked away from this podcast feeling more enlightened more connected and just more empowered it is my mission to create a platform where people can create connection through conversation. I thank you so much for taking time to listen to today's podcast. And I do ask you to share it with anyone that you feel can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast.